Hey, this is Katie, and welcome back to episode two of Sun and Rain. I sat here and thought a lot about what I shared on episode one, and I wanted to go back to one thought I had yesterday, which was the idea that we can do hard things. We talked about failure, we talked about um, picking yourself back up, but I, I said that I knew I could do hard things. And I wanted to go back, um, I want to go back to that kind of knowing, that kind of fearless confidence that I can do hard things, that I can face a challenge head on. When I was, I would say young, I mean always, I mean I never really knew fear. Um, I remember my mom taking off my training wheels, you know, for my bike because the big kids in the street were riding bikes and I could not keep up. And so... I asked her to take off the training wheels and she said, but you don't know how. And I said, I'll figure it out. And she took off my training wheels and I got on my bike and I rode it. I just knew that I could. I never questioned it. I didn't think about falling. I just knew that I could. And I took off and I rode my bike. And the worst thing happens as we age, right? We, we allow those doubts to come in and, and, and we consider fear and we consider failure before we just take off. And I don't know when or why that happens. I do think you see some children who have that natural shyness, fear, and and timid way about them. And maybe it's not true for everybody. But I know for me, I was given a gift to not really understand fear for a very, very long time. I would say, honestly, 30 years, maybe even more than that, that I just, and, and I don't think I even understand fear now, to the extent that other people feel it because I, I, I feel myself not being able to relate sometimes to the level of fear that other people describe. I'm extremely blessed in that way. And I want to go back, figure out that little four-year-old, five-year-old who said, just take the wheel, just take them off. I don't, I don't, I can do it. Um, and find her every day. Right. So, so I was thinking about the story I was telling about, Having the tw- my twins and um, and knowing that I needed to reclaim my sleep and get us all back on track, I always wanted twins. Um, in that same kind of knowing way, right? I remember being young before we had kids, married. Uh, we made friends with this other couple, and the girl said to me. The wife, the other wife said, oh, I really want to have twins. Wouldn't that be so cool? We have two at once and, and get a head start. And, and that was a fun conversation to have. And I said, yeah, me too. But I knew, I knew that I would have twins. And I remember one time, I don't think I was married. I may have still been in high school sitting and in the, um, Barnes and Noble store on the floor reading about fertility and, and having multiples. And I remember reading this book and the book taught you to visualize having twins, to visualize the conception, to visualize two eggs dropping or an egg splitting, Um, talked about the highest incident rate of twins being in Nigeria, where their main food and their main crop is yams. They believe that the yams um, promote ovulation. And so I I remember studying this, sitting in this Barnes and Noble on the floor. I don't even think I was married and, and teaching my brain 
how to get what it wanted. And of course, I wasn't doing that consciously, but looking back on it, I'm thinking, wow, that was pretty intuitive and bold of me just to say, well, this is what I feel. This is what I want. So I'm going to take it a step further and learn how to do it and, and put it in my mind. And I did that for a long time. I, I thought about my eggs splitting. I thought about ovulating more than one egg, dropping more than one egg at a time. Um, I joked all the time about eating more yams. Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. But the thought was there and it was lighthearted enough and had enough belief behind it. It wasn't a burden. It was just part of my brain. And actually, you know, I had no idea how hard having multiples would be, but I knew it would be challenging. I didn't take that lightly and I thought, that's fine. Most good things are. Most good things are challenging. And I was up for it. The irony of the story is it led to um, a little bit of infertility. I had to, um, I, I knew, you know, probably late high school that I may have a hard time, um, conceiving because I was diagnosed pretty early with polycystic ovarian syndrome and I had a lot of struggles related to having PCOS. That's something we can really explore in another episode. I did not have the hard time that so many people do just the gut wrenching infertility, but, um, it did lead to me. I didn't wait. Um, that's another thing that I feel we should talk about at some point is I knew probably 16, 17 years old that I wasn't exactly like everybody, like the textbook said, because very few people are actually alike. Right. But, um, my cycle didn't work the way the textbook said. And so when I, when it was time for me, when I knew I wanted to get pregnant, I went straight to the doctor and said, look, you diagnosed me with polycystic ovarian syndrome. You helped me treat it for, you know, the last five, six, seven years. I don't want to wait. Let's start now on doing some ag- aggressive fertility treatment. So I'm not a year or two, three years later, and we're just, tr- we're just easing into, you know, some fertility. So he was on board. Thankfully I started Clomid and it took me about eight months is all. And I was able to conceive twins in the eighth month of Clomid. And um, I consider myself, you know, really and truly one of the lucky ones who didn't have to struggle very long. But, you know, the irony of that is I visualized, right, that I would have multiple eggs dropping and splitting and, and having these babies. And, you know, my mind didn't get all the way around to how that was going to happen. And it ended up needing to happen through medical intervention. But it did happen. Um, I, I remember, you know, remembering now that I literally asked, I asked for this to happen in my life and it was given to me. And I was trying to remind myself of that in that state of exhaustion. You know, these babies are seven, eight months old. We are miserable. Nobody is sleeping. This is not what I thought it would be. I'm not even having fun with these babies. Um, which by the way is possible, uh, but I was doing it the wrong way. And so now I needed to show up. I, I needed to say, okay, I can do hard things. I can do this. Take off the training wheels. I can do it. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, this happened, I've said this a lot with, with losing weight to get myself in the zone of doing hard things. Uh, you know, losing weight is hard, but guess what? Being fat is hard too. So let's choose our hard Let's make a choice and act and say, yeah, I'm going to do a hard thing, but it's better than this other hard thing. And so we trade it. 
and we choose our preferred hard and we go down that path instead of just allow ourselves to have the hard that's happening to us. So, but I will, you know, admit that when you're in that state of exhaustion and kind of desperation, it's hard to create a plan to make a commitment and keep to it. Um, those are hard things to do when you're not feeling exactly your best. So I, um, still really wanted sleep at the most basic level, but I wanted freedom, um, because I was sleeping and then more capable of doing other things and because the babies were sleeping. I also really wanted to know that I could continue on that path of stepping up and being able to do it and just kind of walk into the fire and say, okay, I'm going to accomplish this. I wanted to know that I could dictate my own life. I could create my own reality Um, and not be a victim to having twins, right? People would be like, oh, you poor thing. People constantly, and they still say this to me, it's better you than me. And you know what I think every time? Yeah, apparently. Because what kind of attitude is that? This is a huge blessing. So yeah, it's better me who can recognize that and cherish it than someone who would just think of it as all hard. And I didn't want to be in that place anymore of all hard because I had slipped there in terms of exhaustion and just desperate for, you know, some sort of relief. Um, I knew that I would have some challenges beyond even just getting myself there. And that was, you know, getting Chad on board with the plan. Not that he was unwilling, but just the actual like logistics, like this is the plan and him memorizing it and then falling in line with what I was asking, you know, because the key to sleep training that I was learning was absolute consistency. I needed him to do exactly what we planned. And there was going to be very little variation from that schedule, right? From that plan. Um, I knew that it would be hard for both of us to stick to it because we hadn't really been in that mode. There's some guilt, you know, involved with making a change that's uncomfortable, especially for these little tiny humans that may not understand it logically, there's no, you know, that thought process not there. So it's hard to experience a little bit of that crying. It's hard to the discomfort to impose the discomfort on everybody. Um, they were NICU babies. They were tiny. They needed to gain weight still. And we needed to be mindful of that. So the idea of like forcing them to sleep through the night, you could tell yourself, well, gosh, they can't really go without the nutrients that they're getting a couple times a night. You know, those kind of things that you're kind of fighting that, tell you not to move on, not to go forward. Um, and I kind of knew it would be worse before it was better, right? Like they were going to cry. I was going to (laughs) cry and then we would get through it. But keeping the, my mind's eye on the better, I think was the, was the key. And, and honestly, once I got through all that and moved past kind of those roadblocks, it worked. I mean, it did not take very long. It's like a miracle. It was like, they were asking me for it, right? Um, it worked, they slept and learning that it wasn't that hard again, that it's not that bad. The hard is not that bad is actually what makes it easy because after that, my life was easy, like day and night. And I've, I listened to some and follow some yoga, um, influencers and, and I've read some things along those lines. And I keep hearing this sentence over and over and over again, that the only way out is through. And you have to go through those roadblocks that you see. And of course, there's walls, there's conflict. You have to push past it. And the only way out 
is through. We try to go around. We try to wait, take longer. We try to go up and over because we want to avoid that discomfort. It's That's natural. None of us want to be uncomfortable, especially if we're choosing it, right? But the really only way is to experience that discomfort and go through. And I think that's a big part of where I'm at in my life right now too. And then that's why I'm exploring this period of my life with those little tiny babies because it sets the stage, you know, like, okay, I did that. This one might be harder or maybe it just seems harder because I'm, again, exhausted and desperate in a different way. But how do I go through? How do I make a plan and just go through? Because then I'll be on the other side. I won't have avoided it. I'll just be through it. And if I think about it that way, I feel more motivated and less resentful of whatever pain I'm experiencing. Um, and that builds a unique kind of confidence, right? Uh, I've done hard things. I can do them again. And it gives you courage to look challenge right in the eye and say, okay, I'm ready. I'll just take off the training wheels and I will go. I've done it before. I can do it again. Um, and how lucky am I to have a mother who just took them off instead of saying, no, you can't do it. I'll teach you. Wait till your dad gets home. We'll let's get a helmet. Let, you know, it's going to hurt and instill that fear in me. Instead, I just remember her taking the training wheels off and I went, she didn't tell me to be afraid. She didn't tell me it was going to hurt. And maybe it did. I mean, I can't even remember, but if I fell, it couldn't have been that bad because I got back up again. And I think that if we focus on the getting back up and the success of riding your bike and that feeling of freedom, that's, I mean, that's priceless. That is going through and really and truly coming out on the other side. So I'm going to keep exploring this, this theme in my life and, and try to apply the program every single time, make a plan, plan on it being a little bit uncomfortable but knowing that the end result is worth the discomfort. So I'm going to leave that with you today. I would love to hear from anybody who starts listening to my ideas, um, how they have experienced going through and coming out on the other side and finding freedom. That is and may start to be honestly the theme of my life. The only way out is through, but on the other side is freedom. That's all I've ever really wanted is freedom.